Disclaimer, this podcast isn't meant to be a replacement for therapy. It's merely meant for educational purposes to give you a clearer picture of what mental health and mental wellness is. If you are experiencing severe mental illness symptoms, please contact a licensed professional in your area. If you are contemplating suicide or having suicidal thoughts, please call the suicide hotline and the number is included in the description bar below. Now with that being said, let go. I hope y'all are having a good week. I hope you're being productive. I hope that y'all actually listened to last week's episode and made some goals because in 2021, we're going after it, honey. We're not leaving anything to chance. So this week, I want to talk about self-sabotage. After we have our goals, we have to start looking at how we can get in our own way, okay? How can the behaviors that we exhibit stop us from accomplishing our goals? So when it comes to self-sabotage and having this conversation, we're only encouraging authenticity because you have to start telling the truth in order for you to grow. If you act like there isn't a problem, nothing will ever get fixed, okay? Okay. So self-sabotage is anything that you do knowingly or unknowingly that can stop you from living the life that you want to lead. Sometimes it's very apparent and we, in our back of our minds, we know exactly what the hell we're doing. And sometimes you just do things or react and then you don't really understand the reasoning until after you sit down and really think about it. Okay. The root of self-sabotage can be your fear a failure it can just be fear that you won't meet the mark it could be due to anxiety low self-esteem can also cause you to sabotage things and it could be habits that you form during traumatic experiences and like stuff like that and when i say traumatic experiences or when i say trauma in general i just mean something that was deeply disturbing or distressing to you And when we talk about trauma, it's good to keep in mind that everybody is different. So something that might be traumatic for me might not be traumatic for you. And so because of this, on this podcast, we are encouraged to be empathetic, not sympathetic, because we want to empathize with people, to be empathetic and to meet people where they're at, even if we can't necessarily understand it, okay? Okay. We don't do like trauma comparisons here. Like, girl, well, you think this bad one. When I was in the third grade, uh uh-uh. My problems is my problems and yours is yours, okay? So, the reason we want to look at these habits is because they can stop us from being happy. And usually they affect more than one part of our lives, okay? So, a lot of times people think like, that's just one problem that I have, but... Your negative self-image doesn't only affect how you view yourself like when you're looking in the mirror. So let's say, for example, um, you grew up in a household that 
You never really heard words of encouragement and your parents were always like super negative and nasty to you. Like growing up, they were like, you ain't nothing. You ain't going to never be nothing. You never go to amount to anything. You're going to just be just like your mama. you just like your daddy. See, that's your problem. You always fucking up. And a lot of times, everybody don't deserve to be a parent, like to be honest. And it's hard for you to show empathy towards someone if you can't show it towards yourself. So because that's all you heard growing up, you really start to believe like, damn, maybe I ain't shit or maybe I'm not going to be anything or you start to think that there's no hope for your future. So this can show up in school by stopping you from speaking up in class because you think other people are not going to talk about you or call you stupid. It can stop you from trying out for sports because you won't think that you do well. In work, it could stop you from going for that promotion or it really could just stop you from applying yourself at all or really seeking the career that you want because you can think like, what's the point? Like, I'm not going to do good anyway. This job's works like all only thing that I'm ever going to be is insert job that you don't like here. I'm not going to say a particular job because shit, as long as it pay the bills, it's good for me. And then in relationships, this can stop you from setting boundaries and standards for how people treat you, right? So let's say that you have a small conflict with your friend and they might be the one in the wrong, but instead of you holding them accountable and wanting them to apologize, you just accept whatever treatment that you get because it's just like, well, maybe I wasn't as nice or maybe I could have did something better to help the situation. And while we encourage accountability, sometimes other people need to learn how to treat you. Okay. So this further continues the cycle of unhappiness. And again, I just want y'all to understand that mental health is connected to every aspect of your life. So this one feeling uh, or this feeling of having low self-esteem and feeling like you are unworthy didn't just affect like the clothes that you wear or how you interact with friends. It affects your school. It affects your work and it's going to affect your goal setting. So because of that, I feel like this is the perfect follow up episode. As we start to examine some of these behaviors, it's good to know that behaviors can't really be good or bad. You just have to think like, does this serve me? And is this helping me get to where I want to go? Remember, even when you are in your worst form and when you really out here doing some bullshit, because you know, sometimes you know, like, I'm not living right. Like, cause you know, like when you have an attitude and you just be mean, you didn't rude as fuck. And you like, I know I'm being mean as hell, but like, I'm pissed. Even in those moments, you still deserve love and compassion. Now, sometimes do you need to be checked? Yes. But that still should be coming from a loving place because nothing that you can do can make you unlovable. All right. Nothing. Because at the end of the day, Jesus still love you, baby. So what does self-sabotage look like? I have eight things or eight behaviors that you can look out for that could be forms of self-sabotage. But again, you really have to start thinking about the roots of these behaviors because sometimes it can be from other things. So number one, procrastination. Most times when we think of procrastination, we just think of somebody like lazy, eating chips on the couch, 
So basically me on a Sunday, like you just think that people will just relax and not do any things that they want to do because they have no motivation. And in reality, a lot of times we procrastinate because we have anxiety about what's going to happen. We have fear that we won't live up to our standards or the standards that other people set for us. And these Thoughts can really stop you from doing the things that you want to do because sometimes it feels it feels better to be complacent than to be a failure. But in reality, it's better to fail and to have that lesson than not to know. So when you procrastinate, this could be you just waiting till the last minute to do something. It could be wasting time on Instagram or it could be the deadly I'll do it tomorrow. And you know, and damn well, if that due date is not tomorrow, you're not going to do it. Like, I'm not proud of this, (laughs) but I pushed off one of my final exams to the last minute and I fucking paid for that. Like I thought it was going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy baby. And I was depressed, stressed, lemon zest. Okay. And that was mostly because I didn't think that I was going to be able to do it or that my quality of work was going to turn out. And I know that people like you could just apply yourself and, you know, not like, I know I can be what I want to be if I work hard at it I'll be where I want to be but like girl that shit is good in a song it's hard to practice that in everyday life you know however sometimes too it could just be that you don't want to do some something like washing the dishes I'm not procrastinating from washing the dishes because I'm scared that the dishes gonna come out and bite me I just don't want to do the fucking dishes because I hate doing it so I procrastinate until I'm about to cook because you can't be cooking with no a sink full of dirty dishes or I'm hoping that you're not I'm not judging I'm just saying You know what I mean? So it's always good to examine your behaviors and think about what the root cause is going to be. Because like I was saying earlier, sometimes I really just don't think that I'm going to live up to whatever like ridiculous standards that I set in my head because I don't know if it's just me but sometimes I have a hard time figuring out the quality of my work because people like oh yeah this is really good and to me it's all shit like this is terrible I don't know what the y'all think this is good like what's your problem you know what I'm saying so when you have the urge to procrastinate think why am I putting this off is it because I just don't want to do the fucking laundry you know that I'm putting this off Or is it because I don't want to do this project at work because I really feel like I don't have the tools to get it done? And once you figure out the cause of those emotions, it's easier to address them. Now, one thing I suggest doing that I heard on YouTube that I applied to my life is the five minute start rule. So it's basically just you starting a task that you have some fear or anxiety about anxiety about and starting it for just five minutes, like giving it. The best goal that you have, not scrolling while your timer is going for five minutes, but actually putting pen to the paper, finger to the keyboard and or I don't know, nail to the piece of wood and getting it started. Okay, when you do that, it's easier for you to keep the task going because that initial start anxiety is getting um, removed. Another thing that I do, too, is I do best, worst, realistic. So I think, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the best thing that can happen? 
And then what's probably going to happen, and once I do, like, that little trio, it's easier for me to be like, okay, Courtney, relax. Like, whatever is going to happen, it's not going to be a catastrophe. Okay? Number two. Another form of self-sabotage can be negative self-talk. Like our earlier example of getting into a small conflict with somebody and then being like, you're so stupid. That's why they did that because nobody's ever going to love you. You're just terrible, blah, 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 blah. Self-sab- or negative self-talk can also look like beating people to the punch and purposely talking down on yourself to stop people from getting the chance to do it. This can be a way of minimizing yourself and your abilities to people in their eyes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a chunky girl. You know, and before I would try to beat people to the fat joke punches to make myself feel well. But at this point, it's just like, baby, I'm a big body beans. Please don't crash. Like if you have a problem with that, that's on you. But I had to really think about why I was doing that. And it all rooted from a bad image that I had of myself because they used to bully a girl like. That was some bullshit. They can't come and see me now because I got the hands. But before they was wearing me out for real. So, fuck them. If you listening, used to bully me. Fuck you, bro. Per. Next to number three. <laughs> Another form is blaming others in all conflicts. So, in some situations, you have to share the blame with people. Now, I want this to be known that this does not apply to domestic abuse situations. If you are someone that you know is being abused mentally, physically, emotionally, have them call one 800 799-7233. I just think that's a very important disclaimer. But when it comes to everyday relationships, always blaming other people can be a way of you avoiding taking responsibility for your actions and thus not confronting some unpleasant things that you don't really like to talk about. In all situations, you have to look at what part that you played, no matter how small or no matter how big, okay? For me personally, I used to have a victim mindset, if I'm being honest. And I used to be like, oh, what was me? But I had to come to the realization, like, I'm an active participant in my life. I am not the victim. Meaning, everything can't always be something that somebody did wrong to me. I am not perfect. I have the ability to do bad things to people. And because of that, whenever I have a conflict, I have to think about how I did that or how I contributed to the situation. Now, if somebody did you down bad, dirty, I'm not saying go and run and apologize, but I'm saying like, just always take a step back and think, okay, how did I contribute? Okay. Number four, walking away due to the smallest inconvenience. Okay. This could be due to you trying to stop the, or stop feeling rejected or to avoid the truth and sometimes it's easier like I said with the negative self-talk to beat somebody to the punch without having to go through it because it's like well I cut them off or I didn't want to do it so this could be you in relationships like wow do y'all see how he's chewing like he really just chewed that like that nope see nope because I can't even do this or let's say you have Um, a date with somebody and they end up canceling the date for whatever reason they cancel the the date for whatever reason you're like you know what we just don't have to talk now it's different from them just being flaky and canceling on you to them honestly having something come up and y'all having to reschedule 
Or this could be you quitting your job because your boss asked you, Coco, why the fuck were you 30 minutes late for work? And you like, uh-uh, see, because ain't nobody about to run me or tell me what to do. And it's just like, baby girl, nobody is trying to run you. We just want to know why the fuck were you late? Okay? Number five, picking fights to get a reaction. Not this could be from you not saying how you feel in an important situation, and then when somebody does something small, you just blow up on them, or this could be passive aggressive with you not knowing how to communicate your emotions, and so instead of you being direct and just taking it head on, you avoid it or try to recreate situations to give them the same feelings that they gave you. You know what I'm saying, or like let's say. Or this can just be from some emotions that you don't want to talk about. Like I said, you can have low self-esteem, right? And you and your partner can be out having dinner. The waitress comes and like, can I, would you like a refill on your water? And then like, yeah, give me a refill. Thank you so much. And you'd be like, thank you so much. So what you want to date them now? This going to be your boyfriend? And you like, girl, what the hell? I was just. We was just getting something to drink. I was just trying to be polite. You know what I'm saying? Now, some of these people be low down dirty, cheating with any and everybody. But more often than not, you have to think like, damn, am I overreacting? Um, He liked his sister pic on Instagram. You ain't supposed to like nobody but me. Baby girl, relax. Okay. Number six, this could also be you not stating your needs. Or making assumptions about the situation or how the person feels. When not stating your needs, you can just feel like they won't be met anyway. And because of that, you don't say anything, which gives you more anger or more of what you don't want. And so it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's say you feel like your partner doesn't listen to you. And instead of you saying, hey, sometimes I feel like when I talk, you don't always listen to what I have to say. You just operate on the assumption that he just doesn't care about what you think and so whenever you have something you want to tell him or whenever y'all having a conflict you either shut down or constantly repeat your point to the point where it makes them not want to listen it can also be about you making assumptions about what they know or what they feel so you don't know what's normal to somebody so what can be like an everyday given for me might not be an everyday given for you because everybody's home environment growing up was different and everybody's life experiences were different. You may grew up in a house where y'all only have baked mac and cheese, but maybe they grew up in a house where they only had crab. So when you go over their house and they eat crab, you be looking like, okay, so did you not want to try like you just really giving me this meal when in reality they giving you they face number seven dating the wrong person purposely knowing that they cannot give you what you deserve you can do this because you don't feel like you deserve better or you can do this because you like to feel needed and you feel like you can only thrive in codependent relationships because if you don't have a need and they don't have to depend on you for something you can feel like well why won't they even stay here you know or sometimes you can get off from drama like you can be so used to having dramatic situations that just living normal everyday life can feel boring like I don't know if y'all watch living (laughs) 
I don't know if y'all watch Love at the Lockup, but it's this girl on here. Her name is Sarah, and her baby daddy is a deadbeat. Like, it's no other way to describe it. He is a deadbeat. They had a custody case. He came all the way from New York for the custody trial. This man did not make it to custody because he got too drunk the night before having sex with some random girl that was probably paying for his hotel room, okay? She, instead of her saying, you know what, this is all the proof I need. Let me get full custody and just be done with it. She still engages in arguments and conflicts with him because she really hasn't dealt with her underlying emotions. And she's in a healthier relationship, but she tells him like, you're going to just have to deal with him popping up on me. And this is, he's my father, my child. So you're going to just have to deal with it. And it's like, why would you sabotage this relationship with a caring individual for somebody who doesn't care about you and only gets emotional reactions out of you because you know, that makes them feel good. Again, why are you self-sabotaging a purposely good situation? I'm not judging you, Sarah. I really just want you to ask yourself that. That's if she watches. I'm acting like I'm popular, but girl, if you're watching, leave Michael, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> next okay number eight substance abuse or alcohol like addiction or substance abuse can also be a form of self-sabotage however i do not have enough expertise to be going off and talking about people who use substances so i won't do it i will say though if using these is getting in the way of you living your everyday life then it might be time to consult a professional and from my own personal experience with smoking weed I know how um overuse can be used to like is escapism or finding a way to not deal with your negative emotions because after I graduated college when I went through my depression like that's when I started smoking and I, I'd rather be high than to cry, baby. I'm going to be honest with you. Cause being high, I feel good. Sometimes we keep it. We are authentic. We tell the truth here. Sometimes hitting that blunt and laying down and eating a burger feel good. But those behaviors weren't serving me and it wasn't, it stopped me from feeling pain, but it didn't fix my issue. And I noticed too that once I started smoking a lot or smoking too often, after a while when I wasn't high, when I was just sober, it was hard for me to deal with my emotions because it, it felt lower than low. You know, like after being high for so long, even normal emotions feel more negative than they did before. So like I said, when it comes to substance abuse and alcohol, alcoholism please consult a licensed professional but you can know you have a feeling when you are involving yourself in productive activities so just really think about that y'all so that's eight things that you can notice about yourself that are forms of self-sabotage as we go into the new year so now that we have a few examples let's talk about how we can notice patterns and rip them out of the root so in order to do this, we have to find our triggers and beliefs that affect our behavior. Included in the description, I put a uh, like a document or a download to a thought journal. And a thought journal will help you to record incidents and how you felt. And then after time passes, it'll allow you to look at them and evaluate how you feel more effectively. Um, because in the moment, it could be, man, fuck that bitch. 
But you know, maybe two weeks later, it turns from that to like, damn, maybe that bitch did have a point. You know what I'm saying? So I suggest using a thought journal for real. If we're trying to change behaviors, guys, if you notice like certain patterns that you don't like, let's get that thought journal out and think about why. So on the journal, it has four sections, one for the date, which just lets you know when it happened. Another one for the event. So what happened? that caused the reaction and then you have a thought so when the event happened what was the thought that crossed your mind that made you react and then you have your reaction now when you do this it's important that you again like i said i can't tell you how important it is to tell the truth you want to make sure you tell the truth now, like I said, when you're chronicling this, I would suggest you doing it for a minimum of 30 days to really get a clear picture of how you feel, what are some of the patterns you do, and what triggers you in those moments. Because like from my earlier example, one belief of fear, anxiety, or like just negative self-image whatever or fear of rejection whatever the core belief is has the ability to leak into other areas of your life so maybe you have four separate incidents but you have the same thought of rejection connected to it and so maybe we need to handle how we deal with our rejection so after the 30 days of doing the thought journal also included is a list of questions that you can ask yourself spend some time Asking yourself the following questions like, why was this so significant or unpleasant to me? What do I think the other person was thinking when this happened? What makes my interpretation or my, you know, belief of this event true? Like what happened to make me think that how I feel is right? What happened to support that? And what would be another way to look at this? So what are some things that will be evidence that how I feel is wrong and then what was the result and then lastly I want you to think was this in line with what I wanted to happen because sometimes you react and you get the reaction that you wanted and a lot of times you don't and you think like okay well how can I switch my behavior to better fit what I want you know because this is all about transitioning our undesired thoughts into things that better serve us and who we want to be so like I said, it's this can also help you to trust your emotions because no feelings are bad. You just have to think how they serve you. Okay? Remember when doing the journals and starting to rework our behavior that we want to start small. Making a small change and building on that momentum is better than trying to fix everything all at one time you did not develop these habits overnight so you're not going to be able to fix them overnight always make allowances for yourself and give yourself time okay so let's say you're having a hard time communicating how you feel because you don't think that your feelings will get met a good activity to do will be to write down your emotions after you have an argument with somebody and journaling for a week just to track how they evolve and how your feelings develop. Once you keep track of that, like that last journal, reread it. And then if you're feeling open to it, share that with the person that you love or the person that you were having conflict with. Now, tone is very important. So let's say your initial feeling was 
said was or your official your initial reaction was to say you know that really pissed me the fuck off when you did that because that was some real inconsiderate shit like how can you be so stupid you might say now a month what i wouldn't say a month like a week afterwards like i didn't like when you did that because it made me feel like you didn't care about my feelings and that hurts like i I love you and I would want you to care, but that just didn't make me f- that from my perception, that wasn't what happened. Right. And so if they don't respond well, or they disregard your feelings, maybe it's time for you to reevaluate that relationship. But more often than not, when you come to people and you level with them in the proper tone, you guys, if they really love you, then it leaves room for you guys to have conflict resolution and to really come to a resolve. So like I was saying, y'all, make allowances for yourself and start small. If you didn't get to the sharing your emotions part, maybe you just journal how you feel. Maybe you write them a letter. My mama always used to tell me, Courtney, if you're scared to tell me something and it's really important, just write me a letter. Write me a letter. Maybe you got a, I'm sending him a four-page letter. Vocals. Anyway, again. Make allowances for yourself, y'all, because you might slip up. You might, you know, overreact. But every day that the Lord gives us is a new day to do better. And remember to show mercy to yourself and to others. I love y'all. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about therapy because once you do the thought journals, you might notice that some of the stuff that you're experiencing might be out of your out of your lane. And you might not know what the hell to do or how to go about fixing it. And a licensed professional can definitely help you do that. Um, If you live in the state of Michigan, I would suggest visiting my nonprofit page, KBK Helps or KBK.Helps on Instagram and we can help you find a therapist and then we also have a therapy assistance grant so if you need funding we can also do that for you if we have some now if you got the coin and you want to donate you can also visit our Instagram and then as always guys if you have any questions please send them to don't be cc at gmail.com that's don't be cc at gmail.com meaning don't be crying in the club okay I love y'all. See y'all next week. Bye.